1: Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence.
2: He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York.
1: The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush,
2: rush.
1: Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Bo Scouts. Bo's by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. It's time for the soul of excellence.
2: He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in
1: New York. The Rush Hour is on the air.
2: Rush, rush.
1: Now here's Bo Snerdly.
3: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to this edition of Rush Hour. This is indeed Bo Snerdly, James Golden with you here on WABC. If you'd like to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, as always, 800-848-9222. We are going to do something different today. As you know, you can depend on us for news of the day every single day. We spend a lot of time dealing with current events, current affairs, as well as things happening cultural. There has been a case that has dominated relations in the United States, race relations, for almost three years, I believe, or more, longer, actually. You know, the George Floyd case, of course, two years ago, sparked riots all over the country. But there was another case that people kept talking about, and that was Breonna Taylor. Now, whatever you think you know about the Breonna Taylor case, be surprised. You may not know. There was an article, there was actually an op-ed published in the Washington Post from Kenneth Walker. Who was Kenneth Walker? Kenneth Walker was the boyfriend. He was the one that allegedly the police were originally after, and, and it was all just a mistake. And if you remember this case, if you remember the bits and pieces that you may have snatched from the news, the first thing we heard was, oh, this poor unfortunate girl was killed. They were really after her boyfriend. And then we started hearing things in the news about her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. Her boyfriend was supposedly some kind of notorious drug dealer, if you listen to some people. He was this, that. He was None of this stuff turns out to be true. And in fact, we have the lawyer for her boyfriend with us. Before we get to the lawyer, let's hear from Kenneth Walker. This is beyond this is Breonna Taylor's boyfriend. Now, as I mentioned and alluded to, he had an op-ed in the Washington Post, Justice for Breonna. Folks, it is a stunning read. This is an innocent man. He has now been found innocent of every charge that was leveled against him. Every single one. It turns out Many of the things that you may have read, especially if you're looking at Twitter where people come to knee-jerk conclusions about whatever the news of the day is and start posting about your character without even knowing you or knowing the facts, turns out most of it is wrong. Listen to a snippet of an interview. This is the voice of Kenneth Walker.
1: I waited almost two and a half years for today. For the first time, a member of LMPD, took responsibility for what happened that night. Not only did Detective Goodlett plead guilty, but she admitted that she did not act alone. I'd like to thank the FBI and the Department of Justice for all of their hard work. This is just the beginning of the fight for accountability and justice.
3: Now, it seems odd in my eyes to hear someone thanking the DOJ and the FBI because they have their own problems when it comes to telling the truth. But in this instance, they went and looked behind what the Louisville, Kentucky Police Department did. And boy, oh boy, did they botch this one. You will hear from the lawyer shortly, and we will hear some of the things that really happened. We're going to ask them about them anyway. We should hear what really happened. Why was there such a mix-up? And if you're one of the people who still thinks that Brianna Taylor's boyfriend was a notorious drug dealer who just wantonly shot at police officers, that Brianna Taylor had something to hide. She was in the apartment knowing that she was in there with a known drug dealer and this is one of these cases where once again people are just people are just making things up to go after the police. If that's where you think this whole case resides, you're in for a surprise. We're going to break a little bit early. When we get back, we're going to take an examination through the voice of Brianna Taylor's lawyer, uh, Kenneth Walker's lawyer. He was Brianna Taylor's boyfriend. We're going to hear what really happened in that case when we get back. James Golden, A.K.A. Bo nearly here with you. WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back right after this.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
2: James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour
1: with Bo Snurdly. Rush on
3: the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back, Rush Hour, WABC Talk Radio seventy seven. Remember, catch tonight up next. James Golden, Bo Snurdly, with you here. We have with us, and thankfully so, Steve Romains, who is the attorney for Kenneth Walker. Mister Mo- Romains. Good morning. Thanks for joining us, sir, this afternoon. Good morning. You represent Kenneth Walker. I do. As and I, I heard. Uh, go ahead.
4: Lead in, Bo. Just let me tell you, the boyfriend that the police were pursuing was a fellow named Jamarcus Glover. Now he was a drug dealer and ultimately was convicted of, of you know, some drug offenses. He had last dated Brianna Taylor several months prior to her being killed. Kenneth Walker was her boyfriend for after that time. Kenny's never been alleged to have dealt drugs, never been charged with a crime, never had any, any involvement with the law in his entire life. And so the, you know, it's easy to get confused of, you know, boyfriend who the police are pursuing and boyfriend with her that night. They're not the same person.
3: And that clarifies a lot. Just that clarifies a lot of the maybe misunderstanding. Because even now, in some of the press reports that I've read, they never mention that. It is never mentioned in the press that he was the wrong boyfriend. What was missing
4: mentioned- Correct. And, and
3: legal gun
4: owner, you know, and that, that's the whole thing about you saw that the U.S. Attorney's Office and the Department of Justice indicted the cops case for falsifying a search warrant and, and perjuring themselves. That's one of the key issues in the case is had they not died on the search warrant, they wouldn't have been able to get a search warrant. They, they had no reason to be in her apartment that night with, with actual factual information. You know, they perjured they, they... themselves to get the warrant. You, you think about it, if you're at home tonight, and I assume you don't do, do anything illegal, do you, Bo?
3: Nope, I don't.
4: <laughs> so the police would have no reason to come in your house.
3: That's correct.
4: If that, somebody starts beating on the door at 1 in the morning, and won't identify themselves, and then all of a sudden, are you a legal gun owner, Bo?
3: I am not, but I understand Mr. Walker was, and he had every right when he thinks the home is being invaded— no one will identify themselves. It's one in the morning. Someone's trying to burst down your door. What are you supposed to do?
4: Ever going to justifiably fire a shot when someone breaks down your door at one in the morning. Now, it would be different too. If he had if they had been engaged in illegalities, you know, there been something illegal in that apartment, then you might have a reason in the back of your mind to think, Well, maybe it is the police, you know, they've caught it. There's nothing there. I mean, that, that's the thing. They had no reason at all to believe that the police would be busting down their door. And then when they did bust down the door, you know, killed Brianna. You know, Kenny Kenny thinks it's somebody, you know, breaking in, in the house and maybe the former boyfriend. You know, that's the whole complicating matter is the guy that's one of the guys she dated before, Mr. Glover, is a, he's, he's a dangerous individual. So we don't know if it's him coming in. Sort of jealous rage. This is all. In- he fires the single shot. Mm-hmm. Then the police respond with 35 fired shots. She gets killed. And then they frame him because they realize, oh, this is not the guy we're looking for. We don't find anything. You know, we, we don't find contraband. We don't find anything. And so they realize at that point in time, Something has gone wrong. And so they charge Kenny with attempted murder of a police officer. An hour of breaking in that door.
3: And now this is what I want to focus on, too. Look, I know you must be pro-law enforcement. I'm pro-law enforcement. That does not give us the right to turn our and close our eyes when things happen, when mistakes are made. Now, a mistake is a mistake, but a cover-up is something different. A cover-up is willingly telling mistruths, telling lies, as you said, trying to frame an innocent person. I remember Rush used to talk about, when I was with the Rush Limbaugh show, Rush Rush used to talk about the case of uh, Labor Secretary Ray Donovan, who was dragged through court, dragged through court, and at the end found completely exonerated. And he steps out of the court and says, now where do I go to get my reputation back? does is Mr. Well, and that, Go ahead. That's part of what we're doing because they indicted
4: Kenny, testified for 90 seconds at the grand jury and got an indictment. Put him in jail. He's in jail on a million dollar bond because they, you know, police have said he's tried to kill a police officer. And so he is facing 20 years for attempted murder of a police officer. And so so the first thing we have to do is deal with the criminal case. Ultimately, we it's like we get him out on bond because the facts start coming in and they don't make sense. Then it's ultimately dismissed. They realize we don't we don't have a case. This is obviously guys acting in self defense, and they knew at that point in time the cover up. As soon as we started digging into it, starts falling apart. All the cops' stories are different. Everybody's telling, you know facts that, that don't uh coincide with body cams that are at the scene, things that are found at the scene, you know, but cops are telling interviews that the person laying in the floor with an AK phone position firing at them, that's ridiculous. I mean they, they you know, especially after the homicide, they search that place from top to bottom. There's no there's no rifle found. There's nothing found. And so it becomes obvious that the police's story uh, is, is not true. And so they dismissed the criminal case and they dismiss it without prejudice, which means they could charge him again if they chose. We ultimately filed suit against the, Proc- the Commonwealth Attorney, which would be the DA where you're at, and the Attorney General to get a ruling that he is dismissed with prejudice, which means he can never be charged. With these same crimes again, which is in a, it, you know the fact that you've been falsely accused once, when it's on your mind that they may come out and do it at any time subsequent, that, that is a huge burden. Right. So, but ultimately, the case is dismissed. Now, where we're at in the case is we filed suit, civil action against the Metro Police Department, both for the false warrant or out. And, and been indicted for, and the framing of Kenny to cover it up, and and what I've said repeatedly is, right. charged him in the case, fellow off, dismissed the case, and we're su- supposed to just say thank you, I'll go on my way. No, there has to be a consequence for what they did. Right. That is, we are seeking that consequence now in a civil remedy against LMPD and the city of Louisville.
3: There was an NBC story, uh, NBC News story, and that, by the way, is where I found your name and found out that you were representing uh, Mr. Walker. Where they, and and the story just was this this was after the arrest. This is after they've arrested Mr. Walker for attempted murder of a police officer. Mm
2: -hmm. The,
3: The story was now the police are out looking for evidence. And I'm saying to myself, wait a minute. You're supposed to have evidence before you make an arrest. You're not supposed to arrest them. This is America. You don't arrest people without evidence. You don't arrest someone and then say, oh, now let's go find the evidence for it. Well, even more so
4: is they arrest him that night. Days Later, they present the case to the grand jury to get an indictment. And as I said, they testified for 90 seconds. They told police they were executing a lawful search warrant, or they told the grand jurors police were executing a lawful search warrant. We know that's a lie. We know for a fact that it was not a lawful search warrant. They said they identified themselves as law enforcement. Thirteen witnesses in the apartment complex. All 13 said they never heard them announce as police. Every single person. Uh, They didn't tell, you know, they told the grand jury, that they announced as police, they didn't say that thirteen witnesses said they didn't. They also never advised the grand jury. Oh, by the way, they killed his girlfriend,
3: mm, mm, mm.
4: by scrape. Uh So they returned that indictment because you know they only gave them, you know, the information that they wanted the grand jury to return uh, to to get to return an indictment. The problem also is. Are, especially if we did not make bond there is such a pressure to to just do whatever it takes to get out of jail because you know covid was going on shortly after this so getting to trial was going to be a two-year process and so if they come in and offering you know just even a misdemeanor and say we'll let you out of jail if you'll plead guilty to a misdemeanor the pressure to take that rather than sit in jail for two years to get to trial, is enormous. And if, the, if he pleads guilty to anything, then the whole case is kind of whitewashed. Right. That is what, that's part of what they did, to died him with such high charges and get such a high bond, is to try to put that pressure on him to get some sort of plea. Now, fortunately, Kenny, as I said, has been in trouble in his life. His dad is a 30-year Army vet. Mom is a thirty year educator uh I mean just a the perfect family uh, and so all of the things that they usually would rely on to keep him in jail, you know that he'd been in trouble before or you know any number of things they found drugs in the apartment, whatever none of that was there a completely clean individual, and so all of those. You know, usual tropes that they put out there to keep them in jail failed. In the case, once we started digging in the case, it just fell apart.
3: And thank goodness he had the wherewithal to hire good representation, which many people don't have. And yeah, that
4: that's the thing. His family could afford to hire counsel, and that's not that appointed counsel and public defenders aren't good lawyers. It's just their caseloads are so high that it makes it difficult for them to dig into a case, you know, quickly. Well, and, and but we did.
3: I, we would like to stay in touch with you as your federal lawsuit continues, as this case continues, and eventually when Mr. Walker is able to speak, we'd like to speak with him. We have a brief interview. We're going to play a few bites from that he did with the television station. This case and what the... The police officers have now admitted that they lied, some of them. Correct. This case needs to be put in front of the American people as a perfect example of what can go wrong and why we shouldn't knee-jerk reaction, why we, we shouldn't have a knee-jerk reaction when we hear that there's been an incident involving police and whatever we think, whoever we're being told, is the the perpetrator. We should wait until the facts Fully emerge.
4: Well, and we all show. You know, I, I've been a criminal defense lawyer for years, so so I have a healthy um cynicism about police testimony and police actions in general because part of my job is to contest those. But what we get oftentimes is, and and it's it's hard, and probably for some of your listeners is, you know, if the FBI raids Chicago. The FBI is a bunch of crooks they make stuff up. Or people believe that. If he raids Breonna Taylor's apartment and kills her, then stuff, all the stuff they're saying is true.
3: Right. We, we let
4: it, who the defendant is, we let that color our opinion of what law enforcement did.
3: Thank you so what much. It has to be
4: a healthy cynicism always.
3: Thank you. So please let us stay in touch with you in your office and let's follow this. This is an important case. This is one of the cases that should define where we try to go to make sure that American justice lives up to what it's supposed to be. Would you agree with that?
4: I I would. Now, I I would say that all of them do. But this one has so many eyes on it that it, it really has to, you know, People have to see it, and they have to understand that, you know, you were talking about supporting law enforcement. There are you know, there are tons and tons of good cops. Never, like any other profession, there's bad radio hosts.
5: <laughs>
4: you know, there, there's good radio hosts, there's bad radio hosts. There's good lawyers, there's bad lawyers. The problem with pol- bad police is a bad radio host can't kill you or charge you with a crime. The power that they have is so infinite, almost, that we have to be more circumspect than in any other job. We basically do the opposite and take whatever they say, you know, as as gospel, way too often.
3: Steve, thank you so much again, and we will be in touch. We so appreciate your time and your perspective.
1: No problem. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention, ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. My it's the Rush Hour with Bo nerdly Goes by the pseudonym Bo Nerdly.
2: Rush. rush.
1: Now here's Bo nerdly.
3: That's right, ladies and gentlemen, James Golden, a.k.a. Buzz Sterling, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. John Shatner's with us. We are so pleased. The world knows him as Papa John, the original, and he is Papa John. John, thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Listen, quick question for you. I read yesterday that... Americans, in increasing numbers, are now using installment plans, installment plans. There are apps that they can use to buy groceries. They can no longer afford to just go to the store, buy their weekly groceries there. Many Americans are having to buy groceries on installment. Does that worry you?
5: It worries me immensely because... It, uh, it hurts the lower middle class, and that's the backbone of America. That's the heartbeat of America. That what separates and differentiates America from the rest of the world is our middle class. And the entitlements uh, that hit us uh, during COVID have run out. And to your point, what people are doing, they're upping their credit cards and they're doing installments on food uh, because they simply run out of money. The savings accounts are down, et cetera. So... Um, What concerns me is this may just be the beginning uh, of a a real bad picture. Um, You know, when you run deficits, you have to print money to cover those deficits, and so you devalue the dollar. So it's basically a cruel, hidden future tax on the middle class, and they spend so much money so quickly that it's happening uh, to the average American uh, in, in record time.
3: When you, are you optimistic, John, or pessimistic when you look at where the country is right now and you look at the rising inflation, which we just touched on, when you look at the crime problems that are taking place in many of the inner cities? Now, many, by the way, in many of these cities were where you started businesses, and those businesses hopefully are still going, some of them, um, but businesses are closing up in some of these cities now because they're worried about the crime element, they're worried about what is happening in terms of the pressures that are being put on the residents there, not just with the economy, but with crime and safety. Are you, When you look at where the country is right now, are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future?
5: Well, I was blessed. I had Reaganomics in 1984 when I started Papa John's, which was a mindset of low regulation, uh, limited government, uh, low taxes, and get the deficit under control and what they're doing to small business, there's a mindset that's anti-small business. And that's that's extremely unhealthy because 67% of your new jobs are small businesses. I talked to a lot of the small business owners at Greeks Pizzeria, Jet's Pizzas, and Papa John's. Uh, they're they're basically small, you know, one to five store operators. And the, they are just feeling it immensely, especially at Papa John's where the last, you know, two years uh, we lost our quality we let our service get away from us and you know we had a captive audience people are sitting at home their party and alcohol consumption was up 40 percent and we could charge extra for a pizza Uh, rob lynch uh, the ceo of papa john's and this board of directors the last two years they should have been prepared for this day they should have been getting ready remodel their stores pay off their debt And know that once that uh, COVID is done and the free market is released, that it's going to go back to normal, in this case, tougher than normal. And so Papa John's got caught flat footed, i.e., the stock's gone from $140 a share down to 80, some 40, 45% decrease. And it just shows you, even a big company like Papa John's, if they're not really, really prepared and proactive, in this environment, uh, the small franchisee, the small business owner, is going to get hurt.
3: Now, uh, what are you doing these days? What what can what are you doing right now, uh, and what does your future look like, John?
5: Well, I I have four uh, criteria that that I want to do for my next my next venture. One, it's got to be in my soul. It's got to be part of my being and part of my fabric. You know, it's got to be high quality. It's got to be authentic. Two, it's, uh, it's got a better humanity. If it doesn't better, <clears throat> my fellow man, I don't want anything to do with it. Three is it's got to be scalable. I like, you know, big things. And four is I don't want to be feeding it every month. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be somewhat profitable. And, you know, I've, I've dealt with a, a holistic uh, medical company in, um, in Lexington, Kentucky, called Wild Health. We just sold that business uh, for $150 million. Um, I'm doing Papa's Farms. I'm doing a bee farm with honey. I just gave all my neighbors uh, honey for this week out of my farm. So I'm really studying organic nutrition um, and, you know, how do you get away from these processed foods and centralized farming and and back to localized farming with high nutrition, organic. um, You know, the more nutrition, the more vitality, the more vitality a human being has the better they function intellectually, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So that's where my heart's at is really better, better in humanity through holistic uh, approaches like organic food, uh, good clean water, good clean air, uh, a good diet, good sleep patterns, etc.
3: It sounds like you're looking for better ingredients for a better life.
5: Um, well, it's interesting. We toss around the slogan at, at Papa's Farms of, you know, uh, better nutrition, better farm, better farming, better nutrition, better health. But yeah, we we toy with that. But you're, you know, the, the reason people get crave processed food is because it's low in nutrients, and the body's extremely intelligent. So uh, a, a Twinkie has a lot of calories, but it has no nutrition. So you crave, you know, to eat more than one or two or three. Whereas if you eat good, organic, wholesome, authentic, uh, fresh fruit and vegetables then you, you're, you you get full because your, your brain triggers that you've got the nutritional value that you need to have that vitality, to have that energy to function throughout the day.
3: Wow. Interesting. John, this is going to be really interesting. So you're deciding now, I mean, you've got the farms, you're deciding what your next other venture is going to be.
5: As long as it meets my four criteria, uh, I'll take a look at it. Um, we, you know, the, over half the system of Papa John's, they won't say this because uh, Rob Lynch, the CEO, and uh, Jeff Smith would retaliate, but they want me back because they've lost their way. When I was there, we had product quality, we had service, uh, we ran the company on uh, universal principles and natural laws. So when things got tough, we always had a place to fall back on. Uh, right now, Papa John's, uh, you know, kind of is in a downward spiral. Uh, with store bills, uh, customer counts I'll give you, for example, they've got 18 million new customers the last two years and yet there's probably pick a number, 10 to 20% less customers than we had three or four years ago. So um, the I, I'm really not sure I want to get back in pizza. Uh, the one thing I've consulted with Jet's Pizza the last three years, I said stick to your knitting, stick to your quality and you'll be great. They did stick to their quality. They stick their knitting and they've gained tremendous amount of market share. So I've had an opportunity I'm looking at to get back in the pizza business, but it's not quite time, and I'll know the right time when it's time. In the interim, I'm having a lot of fun with um, you know, figuring out ways to get away from ph- uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, centralized farming, processed foods, and, and try to operate in a way that is to the betterment of humanity.
3: It is always a delight to speak with you. You can just come up with things that no one else would come up with or anticipate. Such a delight. We hope to stay in touch with you in the future and keep track of what you're doing.
5: Well, thank you so much for having me. And sometimes those ideas are good and sometimes they're not so good, (laughs) but I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Have a blessed day.
3: Thank you, John. You too. Take care now.
0: Thank you.
3: James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Stanley, with you here on WABC. Bo Stanley's Rush Hour continues in a moment.
0: Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25-plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno.
1: Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snertley. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snertley.
1: This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snertley. Rush, Rush.
3: And welcome back. Catching that up next. There is a girl out there. Well, a woman. And it came as a surprise. Sarah Palin, as many of you know, was running for Congress. And as a shock, she lost. But all is not over. The winner of this election is filling in a term for Congressman Don Young in Alaska. This is monumental, though. We had three Republicans running, one Democrat. This is what happens when Republicans split the vote. When you can't have a Republican to say, you know what? I don't really stand a good chance of winning here. Let me step aside so that the, the, the strongest candidate on our side can win. So in a special upset, Sarah Palin has lost that race. Now we'll see if she's going to continue. And once the general elections come around in November again, Let's see whether she will continue to run for the seat that would start in the January term, not filling out Don Young's term this time. We were just talking with, uh, with, with Kenneth Walker's lawyer about the Brianna Taylor case and about trusting law enforcement and whatever. Now, you heard Kenneth Walker in a brief interview that we had earlier say that he expressed his thanks for the DOJ, Department of Justice. Now, they will look into certain things. But there are reports today that the DOJ is unlikely to reveal any charges against Donald Trump until after the midterms. Really? Well, if you have a case against Donald Trump, why don't you reveal it? Why are you waiting until after an election? Are you afraid of blowback? That if you come with a bogus case, you're going to infuriate Trump supporters? And that my point is that the doj is a political organization it is a political wing these decisions are political they're not based in law they're not based in anything other than sheer politics and they haven't been the decision to go after donald trump has been increasingly and it should be mentioned to all to everybody Donald Trump has the absolute authority to classify as president whatever documents he wants to classify. The president of the United States does not work for the archives of the United States. The archives, the national archives, are a part of the government, but they do not run the office of the president. Donald Trump decides and can decide what papers to take with him and what papers to leave behind, what papers are going to go in the presidential library, what papers are going to take with him. He said on numerous occasions that everything that he had had already been declassified. He declassified them. The president has the unilateral authority to classify and unclassify any United States document, Anyone? Yet here we are again, mired in controversy because this Department of Justice has seen, saw fit to do a raid to make sure that that raid got maximum publicity. Ooh, look, they're treating Donald Trump like a criminal, raiding his residence at Mar-a-Lago. Now they're releasing things. The pictures of of the documents supposedly strewn all over the floor carelessly. Donald Trump says we didn't do that. They did that. We know they went through Melania's uh, closet. What was in there? Were they trying to sniff her underwear? What was in there? I mean, seriously, why would they go through the First Lady's personal clothing items? This Department of Justice under Merrick Garland is out of control. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, this is the same Justice Department that suggested you American parents, you that are interested in your children's education, when you find out that there are boys in girls' bathrooms, in some cases, that have assaulted girls, when you find out. That they are teaching such things as critical race theory and telling your child, if they don't happen to be a member of a minority, that they're guilty for everything wrong in America because they happen to be white. This is the same Department of Education that is, uh, I'm sorry, the same Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, that has a family connection. His son in law is one of the people that makes millions and millions of dollars pushing CRT into public schools. There are some of the people, his family, that make money in the Department of Education buying onto this curricula. We found that out very early on during during these incidents. And yet they call you, the American parents who are interested in going to schools, they call you terrorists. They worked with the with the National Association of School Boards to try to get you labeled as domestic terrorists for being concerned about your children's education. If you want any reason whatsoever not to trust this Department of Justice, this FBI, don't even get me started on the FBI. I mean, right now you've got more and more Democrats saying, ooh, Republicans want to defund the FBI. No, what we want is to straighten up the FBI. The FBI has been a corrupt institution for decades. You can go back case after case after case. The Russian collusion, collusion case, the phony fraud case with Donald Trump. You don't have to stop there. You can go back to the phony case they presented, Senator Ted Stevens, to get him out, a Republican right before an election, on phony charges. I mentioned earlier Ray Donovan, former Republican, who they framed and got rid of, and now he's, he was the one in front of Congress. Where do I go to get my reputation back? This has been going on at the FBI for decades. So, no, Republicans are not doing what Democrats uh, do, knee let's defund the police. Let's We're saying bring accountability to the FBI. And some people don't think that there ever will be. Now, you look at the FBI and look what's going on with the IRS. 87,000 new agents at the IRS. But who's, who, who is Joe Biden putting in charge? Why? All of a sudden we learn that he's putting in charge of these new 87,000 agents, lowest learner's acolyte. The very lowest learner who targeted conservative groups during the Obama years And got away with it. Her acolyte is now in charge of 80, will be, if Biden gets his way, in charge of 87,000 new IRS agents. That's a scary thought, and it ought to scare you. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. It's Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. We are coming back right after this.
1: The rush hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdly.
1: This is the Rush Hour with Bo
2: Snerdly. Rush Rush.
3: Special shout out. Chris Jasper. I'm in. You know, we have a podcast of uh, Chris Jasper. He's still of the Isley Brothers, who is still recording, still performing. Great guy. Joined us a little bit earlier in the year to debut a new song, which you can find if you go through our podcast here on WABC. Isley's bring us back. We are heading into... The Labor Day weekend. Isn't it amazing? As soon as you know that summer has officially started, it's like you turn around and three weeks later it feels like it's over. It's Labor Day again. Well, anyway, heading into Labor Day weekend. Now, listen, folks. I am headed over to London today. And uh I'm going to a huge concert there. Uh, my friend Omar Hakim, who's also been on this show, amazing drummer, is playing with the Foo Fighters this weekend. And it is a star-studded presentation. Niall Rogers, Chrissy Hines, so many people are going to be there. So we'll be heading over t- across the pond later this afternoon. There was another case. You know, we started this case talking about the, uh, the, the Kenneth Walker situation, Breonna Taylor. It is an unusual case. There's another case that's getting attention right here in New York, the video that you may have seen showing a New York City cop punching a woman in the face. One, two, instant hit, and she's down. Well, apparently the woman was interfering with an arrest. This happened near Adam Clayton Boulevard and 136th Street. She there's a there is a police incident going on. Law enforcement's trying to get a handle on it. This woman, all you see from the video is her rushing into it one second and the next smackdown and she's on the ground. She's being charged now. Her name is Faith Harrell. She's twenty seven years old. She's being charged with assaulting a police officer, resisting arrest, obstructing governmental administration. Another woman, 26-year-old, and this was charged with spitting at police officers. Look, this problem is a two-way problem, and I've been saying that all along. There is a problem with rogue police officers. That is what happened with Kenneth Walker. It is clear now. And that tragically resulted in the death of Breonna Taylor, which was unnecessary. They were not bad actors, either one of them, that were in the apartment that night. As it turns out, the police totally lied about what was on the search warrant. Does that sound familiar? They lied about who was supposed to be in there. They didn't announce themselves as police. He had a legal right to carry a weapon, and he had a legal right to Kenneth Walker to defend himself when he thought there was a home invasion going on. It is a tragedy. But the other side of this is there is a cultural phenomena of this hatred for law enforcement that plays itself out in almost any blue city in America. And that is also destructive. There are both sides of this. There are two sides of this that we as a society are going to have to work on. One side is clearing law enforcement. That would, to me, include not only the police departments of America, but the FBI, the DOJ, and get, getting rid of this two-tier justice system that has been allowed to flourish in recent years in America. The other is the cultural problem, where we have many kids that are taught to hate authority, to act out against authority, to act out against law enforcement. Most people in law enforcement... Are there doing a the job trying to protect us, doing a job that most of us would not want to do and risking their lives? And for those people, we should be grateful. And they are heroes. And we shouldn't forget that. Listen, time's up for the day. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We're coming back on Boston Lee's Rush Hour tomorrow. Be here with us. Bye.
2: Known popularly as Bo Snerdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.